It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Team USA suffers a shocking loss. At the FIBA World Cup, why? That's exactly what the Orlando Magic want Paolo Bancaro to feel. Plus, Germany and Australia win in the end second round. Germany moving on, Australia going home. We'll go over the FIBA World Cup action this weekend. Coming up on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is September 3rd, 2023. It's probably September 4th, 2023. By the time you're listening to this, my name is Phil Brosman. I am the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the U.S. suffers a shocking, maybe not shocking, but they suffer a loss at the FIBA World Cup as they march on to the quarterfinals. We'll go over the lessons they need to learn, and more importantly, the lesson Paolo Bancaro, and to some extent Franz Wagner, if he ever plays, um, will learn from this FIBA World Cup. Why this stuff's important, we'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Lockdown podcast covering every single team in the NBA, Search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Magic is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or enter promo code LockedOnNBA for a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. If you're like me, you woke up this morning looking forward to a really strong, really good basketball game. and Looking forward to... The U.S. kind of cementing and clinching their spot uh, in the quarterfinals of the FIBA World Cup and what at least felt like, on paper, an easy path there. If you're like me and you followed this team, and I know I've talked about this a million times, 
This second round presented two very difficult challenges for the U.S., two, two teams that really hit at the weaknesses of this U.S. US team, namely the size that they present uh, and their ability to clog the paint to kind of take away the easy shots. The U.S. fell victim to that. A 110-107 loss to Lithuania. We'll get into the details of that game in a minute. The U.S. is moving on to the quarterfinals, so their tournament is not done. Uh, they will move on to face Italy in the quarterfinal round, setting up a potential matchup with Germany in the semifinals. So very, very difficult games ahead. Still, it was always going to be a challenge, this U.S. team, like I've said. Still, I think, the favor to win the whole thing, but a team that does have very notable weaknesses, a team that is not... A team that has that that is not that has like very clear flaws in a tournament that feels as wide open as it could possibly be. Uh, when the US plays Italy on Tuesday, and yes, we we know the history between Palo Bancaro and Italy, uh, it's going to be a battle, and every game, every game the rest of the way is going to be a battle. And that's kind of the point. Why am I taking the time to sit down and break down these FIBA World Cup games? Why do, do, does this moment feel so important? Well, just look at the way Team USA is constructed. Team USA has only one player on its roster that has won an NBA championship, and that's Bobby Portis. They have, what, two players, I think, who have been NBA All-Stars. That's Anthony Edwards, that's Anthony Edwards and Brandon Ingram. Ah, that, that's Jaren, I don't think Jaron Jackson Jr. has been named to the All-Star team yet. This is a team that needs experience. This is a team that has played very few pressure games. And what we're looking forward to this year for the Orlando Magic, and this is why I think it's so important, is pressure games for the first time. What, what we are measuring for the Orlando Magic next season is how will this team perform under pressure? What is this team going to... Re how is this team going to react when they have a game... 75 against, I don't know who they're playing game 75, but when they have a big game against the Chicago Bulls, against the Milwaukee Bucks, against whoever, and they have to win it. Or they have to win it to make their lives easier moving forward. How is this team going to react in a must-win situation? A play-in tournament game where they have to win. A playoff game where they have to win. Why this season is important, and, and really the overarching goal of the Orlando Magic this season, we'll talk a little bit more about this later in the week when it comes to other players, but the overarching goal for the Orlando Magic this season is to see how this team handles pressure. How will this team respond when they have to take that step up, when they have to win that game? That is the ultimate question that faces them. And that is the answer we don't know. We don't know what Paolo Bancaro will look like when it's a must-win situation and the ball's in his hands. We don't know what Franz Wagner will look like in those situations. And so what we get with the FIBA World Cup, what we're getting with these games, is we are getting to see these players perform with actual winning pressure. 
We are getting to see these players have to step their games up when it counts the most. And that's not something you can simulate. You know, we could say, oh, well, you know, the Magic had a must-win game here and there. No, 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 no. We admitted it last year. The Magic were always long shots to make the playoffs. Yes, they were the last team eliminated from postseason contention last year, but they never really climbed over that hump. And there were several games where we said, this is a must-win game if the Magic want to make the playoffs. And more often than not, the Magic lost those games. The Magic couldn't sustain winning streaks. They only had one win streak of more than two games after their six-game win streak ended in December. They were a great 500 team last year. They didn't lose too many games in a row. They didn't win too many games in a row. And so this season, you're starting to put some winning pressure on this team. You're starting to evaluate players less on how they get better and more on, okay, we had this important stretch of games. This weakness came to the front that prevented us from getting a goal. Or we made the playoffs, and now this is the reason why we lost. And so that's going to be experience. And so these FIBA games are all about putting that, or applying that pressure and seeing how these players react. Because ultimately, success or failure in this league is about whether you step up to the plate when the moment calls for it. Are the Magic going to step up to the plate when that time comes? A lot of that is just frankly... Still unknown. I don't know. I don't have the answers. I talk to a lot of people who want to make conclusions about this team, who want to say X, Y, Z is true about the Orlando Magic. And I keep telling them, like, I don't have the answer. And you might be right. The Magic are going to spend this season, particularly, trying to figure out if you are. Trying to figure out if that is true. And so that's what made Sunday's game against Lithuania more interesting to me and frankly, more valuable to me as someone watching Paolo Bancaro play. Paolo did not have a good game. It was a bad matchup for him. It was a bad matchup for the U.S. Jaron Jackson Jr. got into foul trouble early. Jonas Valanciunas eight in the post. They destroyed the U.S. on the glass. Bancaro was not a great rebounder, and if he's got to play center, the biggest concern was would the U.S. be able to rebound? Josh Hart's been the best rebounder on the team. Jaron Jackson Jr. works better when he can roam around as a power forward, blocking and cleaning up shots with a center to defend the basket. That's how the U.S. beat Montenegro uh, on, on Friday. The U.S. didn't have that. They, tr- they, they couldn't figure out the right center combination. Whereas at, even as they came back in that game, Austin Reeves was consistently victimized on the block. The U.S. could not get big enough while maintaining some offense. And Bancaro scored only six points in the game. Didn't really look to score, looked to be aggressive like he had in pre- looked to looked to shoot as he had in previous games. He looked a lot more like he did during the exhibition run when he didn't quite know what his role should be. And so, obviously, Paolo's role and what the magic are going to ask of him is going to be very, very different than what Team USA asks of him. But here it was. A pressure moment. A pressure game. The U.S. trying to win. 
and unable to get over that hump, unable to get that win. And it's it's obviously not clear how this team is going to respond. And that's going to be the trick for Italy on Tuesday. We'll chat a little bit more about Team USA, why they lost, and what that means moving forward. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at Bird Dogs. You know, I was over at my family's house uh, for uh, for the first weekend of college football. Go Cats. Let's not talk about them. Um, but, you know, my mom said, bring a bathing suit. And I was like, well, you know, I, I don't think I'll get in the pool. But I was like, okay. And what did I grab? I went and grabbed my favorite pair of bird dog shorts because they give you that bathing. They give you, they really do give you that bathing suit feel, but they look like regular pants. So in case we wanted to go out in case we were seeing people, I was all set to go. I was set for all occasions. And that's really what's great about bird dogs pants. They not only make you look good. They not only feel good. They're versatile. They're, they're, they're the magic draft pick of shorts or pants or whatever you want, because they could play any position, swimsuit, swimsuit, Casual wear, golf. I've worn bird dogs out, out to the golf course. Um, going to, going to work. I've worn bird dogs khakis to work. You can really get anything you want. And bird dogs have everything. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Their the shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way way better. And they're made of a stiff restricted. The, the regular shorts are made of a stiff restricting cotton. That's not good. Bird Dogs fixed the issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice them. Plus, you know, it's still freaking hot here in Florida. Uh, the storms are gone. It's back to being high 80s, low 90s, even here in early September. They're breathable and they make you feel good. They use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. But Bird Dogs are really functional for any occasion. So go to birddogs.com slash Locked on NBA or enter promo code locked on NBA. That's two N's locked on NBA at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Plus. 
want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Hope everyone is planning or having, depending on when you're listening, a fantastic Labor Day and enjoying this long weekend. I will be taking Monday's episode off. We'll be back Tuesday to chat. Um, I'll be taking, I guess it's a Monday for Tuesday. I won't be recording Monday for Tuesday. So we will be back Tuesday uh, early afternoon uh, or mid-afternoon to chat about the U.S.'s game against Italy. Obviously, a lot going into that game with Paolo Bancaro spurning Italy to play for the U.S. Always funny how it works out that way. We are going to get to see the U.S. go up against Italy. Italy is a very, very tough out. They've had a very, very good tournament. Um, But obviously, the U.S., with a win, would guarantee themselves a shot at a medal by making the semifinals. Uh, Even with the U.S. losing on Sunday, they have clinched a spot at the Paris Olympics next summer. That is goal number one. Canada taking the other spot there in the uh, they're in the opposite side of the bracket as the winners of their group. Um, they are playing who they play. They're playing uh, Germany's playing Latvia. Canada is playing not uh, Serbia. Yeah, no, they're not playing Serbia. Uh, uh, Lithuania's playing Serbia. Um, I forget who Canada is playing, but Canada Canada's in the opposite end of the bracket. So we will see. We could see them in the championship game. The U.S. is set up to potentially play Germany. Germany is going to play. Um, now I'm blanking on who they're playing. Germany's got a German. Uh, Germany's playing for somebody um, in, in the second round. We'll, 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 I'll, I'll check that here in a minute. But let's talk more about the U.S. and, and their loss um, in, in general. Um, look, we know this team has flaws. Um, I, I'm still really excited about this team. I think that Grant Hill had the right idea with the kind of group that he put together. Um, I think he worked really closely with Steve Kerr to put together uh, an interesting and, and versatile group that could play a distinct style. They also put together a group that had clear flaws that looked very, very human. And I think the idea was, especially with such a young group, is build a team that can start to grow. Like, this World Cup isn't the end destination. It's like 06 all over again. The U.S. wasn't playing in 06 to win the World Cup. Um, they, they ended up with bronze that year. They wanted to win the gold in 08. That was the goal. They, the, the goal. they wanted to win the Olympics, uh, the, the Olympics and be repeat Olympic champions. And I think that is the idea. Um, we'll talk about this more once the World Cup ends. Uh, I do think that the idea with Grant Hill is to have as many of these players carry over to next year. Now, I do think that they'll look to add some star players. The Olympics is a little bit more prestigious. Um, I think, you know, like a Jason Tatum, uh, Devin Booker for sure, Jalen Brown, uh, potentially Marcus Smart definitely could be added to the mix. And look, I think the end, I think that this team's two biggest weaknesses are consistent defensive pressure. Um, I think it's uh, uh, out three-point shooting, adding a couple more three-point shooters, uh, and then absolutely 100% finding another big man. Um, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. has been fine. He's been good, but he got victimized. You know, he he's a very specific type of defender and rim protector. Everyone knows that the big free agency battle for next summer is Joel Embiid. It's not clear if Joel Embiid will even play for a national team. He's eligible to play for the, for the U.S. He's able to eligible to play for France. He's eligible to play for Cameroon. Um, he hasn't picked. But I think that ultimately, ultimately, you know, the number one goal of this World Cup was to qualify for the Olympics. Um, that was not a given, especially with how well the Dominican Republic was playing, um, especially given uh, how well Canada was playing and, and Brazil ended up sneaking in as well. That was no guarantee. So the U.S. accomplishing that goal regardless of how upset or angry you might be about them not winning their group or not winning the second round group, the U S accomplished their goal. They've done the job. They qualified for Paris. They don't have to go to a qualifying tournament. They can spend 
their time next summer looking to um looking to uh to to looking to just get the team ready rather than having to play these uh, again pressure pack games but you know we do have very high expectations for team USA um, we expect nothing short of perfection. We know that we have the deepest team. We know we have the deepest talent pool. The only thing, the only thing that the U.S. is really missing in, in these competitions is cohesion and, and, and continuity and experience. And this was a team that was short on experience, and so we suspected that they would have a game or have some times where they struggled. Um, the way that they played in the first quarter against Lithuania was just frankly, that, that's not U.S. basketball. Um, you know, Lithuania is very good, very proud basketball country. Uh, they've pushed around the U.S. on several occasions before. They're a capable three-point shooting team. They've got one of the best best centers in this tournament in Jonas Valanciunas, um, who's made, just built for FIBA play with his ability to kind of work the paint the way that he does. Um, th- this was not so surprising. This was a tough matchup, and, and, I, and I believe I pointed out how difficult this matchup might be for the U.S., um, um, it's, it, it was tough and, and the U S got burned by kind of a lax defensive approach. They gave up eight straight three pointers. Look, Lithuania had a day. They made a lot of their shots. They built a 21 point lead. Anthony Edwards was really seemingly the only player who was up to the challenge. I'll give Brandon Ingram some credit with that second unit, but that whole team just looked like they got punched and, and got staggered in that first half and that first quarter. And they settled themselves and steadied the ship in the second quarter they, you know, Steve Kerr is absolutely right to say that, look, you got to give them the credit for fighting. They kept fighting and fighting and fighting. I think previous iterations of US, of the U.S. team would have gone individualistic and made that made things worse. This group fought and nearly got all the way back, and Lithuania made some tough shots. The margin for error was just simply too small for the U.S. to get back out. Um, you know, you had Ms. Dagas Kuzminskis uh, hitting just this insane shot after Anthony Edwards played fantastic defense, knocked the ball away from him smothered him and he hit a really difficult three and that made it a nine point game with about three and a half minutes left. And it was just really, really tough. It was an uphill game all day long. And the U S kind of coming out in these games, very lax throughout this world cup finally came and bit them in the butt. Um, the bench couldn't save them. The bench couldn't guarantee that they had the lead or play with the lead by the end of the first quarter. Um, Lithuania was able to slow the U S down. They dominated on the glass. It was a problem in Montenegro against Montenegro with the offensive rebounds. Montenegro had a great game plan and just couldn't make the shots to 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 put the U.S. away. Lithuania made the shots. Uh, I know I've I've said this repeatedly. This this U.S. team is very good. I think they are capable of winning the whole thing, but they are also very beatable. And their weaknesses were all on display. Their poor their poor uh, front court depth. Their poor rebounding. Their inconsistent shooting. They're frankly inconsistent defensive pressure. You, I mean, you look back at the 2008 and 2012 Olympic teams, their MO was we are just going to smother you defensively. We're going to pressure you. And yeah, you might score a little bit on us on occasion, but we're going to put make that pressure so constant and refill our roster with fresh bodies that do the same thing that you're going to be done and tired by the end of it. That's that's how the U.S. That's how the redeemed team won. It wasn't offense, wasn't anything like that. Kobe had a great great finish, uh, you know, in that gold medal game against Spain. Carmelo Anthony was, of course, fantastic for that for those teams. But that team was, but the way that team won was Coach K made it all about defense, and that part has been really inconsistent for this U.S. team. They got into the ball a lot better in the second half. 
They started forcing some more turnovers. They That got them, that gave them energy. And I think that the most difficult thing for this group is because they don't play a lot together is convincing them that defense is their key to winning. There are a lot of not natural defenders. Like Paolo has had a great defensive tournament, but he is not a natural defender. Getting him to play defense has been a challenge and he's done a really good job, but obviously there are still shortcomings. Anthony Edwards has shown that, oh, this guy could be a really good and dangerous two-way defensive player when he applies himself. And a big part of why the U.S. came back in this game is Anthony Edwards applied himself incredibly well defensively to give this team a chance. Um, That's what it's going to come down to, guys, is can these, you know, can these players sacrifice, continue to sacrifice themselves and execute at a higher level in a situation where a lot of these teams have been together and have known how to do this, do this stuff in ways that the U S just simply don't. Um, I am still optimistic. The U S is going to win this tournament. Um, I think the semifinal matchup with Germany is going to be extremely difficult, um, but any semifinal matchup uh, is going to be difficult. Honestly, I don't want to even look past Italy. Italy has played fantastic. Simone Fontecchio has been amazing. You know, they're going to be motivated to show up. Paolo, I hope Paolo's motivated to show up Italy a little bit. Um, let's get some revenge game. Let's get some revenge game energy in this thing. Um, but the U.S. has to take care of its business. Uh, they, it, honestly, I honestly think it might be a good thing for them to have that veil of invincibility pierced. Um, I think it honestly might have been a bad thing for them to come all the way back from 21 down and win the game. They know they can do it, but they know it's not a guarantee that they will do it. And I think that's actually kind of important heading into these really important games because, again, it's all about feeling that pressure. And these guys are going to feel that pressure. We'll talk a little about the Orlando Magic's other players who played on Sunday. We knocked out a couple of them here. We'll get to that coming up in just a moment. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, Switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. So the U.S. is is obviously not alone here. They are uh, one team of the of the four that we've been following here uh, for the World Cup, um, but unfortunately, it's the end of the road for a couple of them. But let's let's start with Germany. Let's talk about Germany. Um, you know, and, and how they played uh, against Slovenia. Just a humongous win for Germany. Germany honestly does look like the very best team in this tournament. They have continued to play exceptional basketball even without Franz Wagner. They use a 27 to 9 second quarter and a 30 to 18 third quarter to blow the doors open off of Slovenia and defeat Slovenia 171. They did a good job keeping Luka Doncic in check. Mo Wagner with 10 points, two for six shooting, four for five from the line, eight rebounds, 
Very, very kind of typical Mo Wagner game. Not always the most efficient around the basket, but he makes things happen. And that's obviously a big thing for him. Dennis Schroeder, 24 points, 10 assists in the game. Germany is moving on in the tournament. Let me get who they're playing real fast. So let me pull ahead. Germany's playing Wednesday against Latvia. Latvia, of course, upsets upset France um, to advance in, in in the tournament. They they were the second they were a second place team in their group. Um, so going to be a real big 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 challenge uh, for Germany. But Franz Wagner, of course, has not played since the first game of the tournament uh, since rolling his ankle there. There's still every sign that he's day to day. It's it's obviously been a week now since he's oh, a week plus since he played. Um, so we'll see if he plays. Germany can win this thing without him. Um, I, I think especially, but I, I think especially they need him against the U.S. They need another big body. They need another ball handler. Um, I don't know if Germany can beat the U.S. without him, but they're Germany has proven itself to be very, very capable and a very, very dangerous team. That team is very, very good. Australia met Georgia to end their second round games. Um, both teams have been eliminated, so this is their final game of the tournament. And Australia took care of their business as expected, as an elite team is expected to do defeating Georgia 184. Bit of a slow burn. Uh, Australia eventually pulled away pulled away for the win and just kind of hung on. Joe Ingles had perhaps his best game of the tournament. 10 points in 21 minutes, 3 for 7 from beyond the arc, 5 rebounds, and 6 assists. Um, you know, we've talked about Joe Ingles. His shooting has been a little bit of a concern, but where Ingles really makes his, ma- makes his pay and where Ingles really kind of um, is underrated and, and where I think he's going to really add something to this team, is with his passing. He just keeps the ball moving, keeps it keeps it going for keeps it going around the circle, just does does everything that you want a good teammate to do. That's that's who Joe Ingles is. Um the shot will be there. You know, he's gonna he's gonna fill in gaps for the team and he's gonna make whatever unit he's working with and be more efficient. That's what he did for Australia throughout much of this tournament and, and obviously was was a big factor for them. Dante Exum scoring 18 points to Australia. Goga Batadze ended up leading um, Georgia with 20 points. He came off the bench once again, but still played 30 minutes. Eight for uh, eight for 13 from four, one for two from beyond the arc. He had five rebounds, uh, four fouls. Goga has been fantastic throughout this whole tournament, just finishing around the basket, doing the dirty work, uh, showing his versatility and mobility. Uh, it is worth noting that during one point of the game, Joe Ingles and, and uh, George, uh, Georgie uh, uh, Shermadini did get into it. Goga Batadze got in the middle of it as well. Joe Ingles is a talker. He's going to get into things with people, and and that's that's kind of part of the package with him, part of the fun with George, with Joe Ingles. But um, Goga completes a really fantastic tournament, showed everything that he was doing in Orlando, plus a little bit more. Like I said in, in the last episode, it's going to be a real fun battle for that backup center position. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Match. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the public signal podcasts to your podcast enable listening device for latest on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We're going to have a special article up on Monday uh, for you all to celebrate the Magic's 35th anniversary season, the culmination of our history month. Um, we will still put some history posts up. We're not done celebrating the Magic 35th anniversary just because we're out of August, but a fun, fun, fun post coming uh, from the Orlando Magic Daily crew uh, on Monday. So be sure to check that out. We'll be pinning and promoting it like crazy, uh, including a little bit here. Uh, on this site. Uh, I want to apologize to those watching on YouTube. Uh, there's probably a big white streak over half my face. Uh, that's because the sun is setting directly to uh, camera right. Um, uh, my my window faces the sunset. Uh, so I apologize. 
uh, for the terrible lighting. Um, I started and then the sun peeked over the clouds. So curse you, sun, and, and all that jazz. Uh, but I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked Magic. I am taking Monday off for Labor Day. So I'll see you again Tuesday afternoon to chat a little bit more about Team USA and what we see in the U.S.-Italy game. So until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross. Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.